Ephesians chapter 4. Last couple of Wednesdays we've been talking about the truth. Amen? The truth will what? Make you free. Hallelujah. We know falseness binds you and makes you blind. But the truth sets you free and causes you to see. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Amen. We know this speaks about how the Lord gave gifts unto men and the purpose of the gifts. Verse 12, it says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of who? Christ. And that we henceforth be no more what? Be no more what? Children. To be no more children, once again, means you were children at one time. Amen? And once again, here are indicators that you are still a child because you're tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. We know children are easily deceived. Amen? They're easily fooled. But adults, however, are not so. Come on, say amen, somebody. So we've been saying, how do you grow up? How, you, how do you grow up from being a child into an adult? And verse 15 tells us how. It says, but speaking the truth in what? Love may grow up, grow up into him in how many things? All things, which is ahead, even Christ. So it says here, the key to growing up is doing what? Speaking the truth in love. Say that out loud. Speaking the truth in love. Come on, say it again. Speaking the truth in love. One more time. Speaking the truth in love. Well, once again, go to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. We'll see why God has, has such an issue with this and why this is such an issue with God. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. It says, these things does the Lord what? Hate. Yes, seven are what? An abomination unto him. And the number one on the list is what? A proud look. Amen. In other words, don't come to God with no attitude. Come on. If you come with an attitude, it's a what? It's a problem because God hates attitudes. God hates people with attitudes. Amen? And we know that's a big issue with a lot of people. A lot of people have big attitudes. So one thing God hates is a proud look or an attitude. Amen? Then he says, number two, he talks about a lying tongue. Amen? God hates a what? Lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood. And a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief. In verse 19, it says, and false witness that what? Speaketh what? Lies. And he that soweth discord among brethren. And once again, he already talked about lying, but he mentions lying again. Amen? 
Because of the seven, two of them are about deception. And deception involved in all of them, but he hates lying. Somebody say he hates lying. He hates lying. Well, why would God hate it? We found out that Satan is not only full of pride and deception, and we found out iniquity was found in him. We also found out there's one thing that the devil has created. There's one thing the devil has created. He has created lying. Somebody say lying. Matter of fact, look at John 8, 44. Satan has created one thing, and that is what? Lying. John chapter 8, verse 44 reads, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the what? Truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a what? He is a what? Liar and the what? The father of it. That's why God hates pride and lying. Because why? It is the core of the devil himself. And there's really nothing more devilish than a lie. Are you with me out there? Amen? Once again, there's nothing more devilish than a lie. It doesn't get any more satanic, satanic than deception. We looked at 3 John chapter 1, verse 3. John chapter 1 verse 3 where it says I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the what of the truth that is in thee even thou walkest even as thou what walkest in what in the truth then he says I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in what walk in what walk in truth and once again, the more we walk in truth, we're going to touch the spirit. Amen? And once again, Kenneth Copeland, his book called Excellence in Ministry, one of the six steps when you strip, he's one of the six steps of excellence in ministry is when you strip yourself bare before God. Tell your neighbor, you have to. And once again, what God is preparing us for, talking about greater anointings, higher callings, and what we're talking about, what we're talking about has to be, has to take place if we want to experience the power of God to the, to the degree God wants us to experience it, we have to start walking in honesty. We got to start talking the truth and stop, stop, stop lying. Come on, say never you have to. And God has now led me to talk about the twin to walking in truth and not lying, and that is walking in integrity. Walking in what? Integrity. And see, integrity is something we don't see a lot of these days. And I'm not just talking about with the heathen. Even people of God are not walking in integrity. Well, what is the definition of integrity? In Webster's 1828 Dictionary, it describes integrity as moral soundness. It describes it as incorruptness uprightness. And then the last definition, it says honesty. Somebody say honesty. 
And see, the society that we live in has thrown virtually all of these words out the window. Come on. Where moral soundness is concerned, it's irrelevant today. Get me my money, save me some money by any means possible. Come on, say amen, somebody. I don't care what you do in your personal life, just give me my money. And corruptness. It's just a byword because why? Everybody's corrupt in some way or manner. Uprightness, please, come on. Honesty, really? As long as you give people what they think they want to hear, it's all right. But integrity plays a major role of us walking in the greater anointings, walking in the higher callings that we all desire to walk in. Anybody in here want to walk in the greater anointing? How about the higher calling? Well, turn to 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 9. Verse 1, integrity, folks, honesty, hallelujah. It says in verse 1, and it came to pass when Solomon had what? Finished building, finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house and all of Solomon's desires which he was pleased to do, that the Lord did what? He appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have what? I've heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. And he said, I have hollowed this house which thou hast built to put my what? Name there for how long? Forever. And my eyes and my heart shall be there what? Perpetually. And now he's going to tell Solomon what he needs to do to keep the house of God hollow which means sanctified, it means holy, it means set apart for his glory. What he needs to do, he's going to tell him what he needs to do to keep the name of Jehovah there forever. What he needs to do to keep the Lord's eyes and heart there perpetually. Listen, if his eyes and heart are there, his glory and his anointing is going to be there. So in verse 4 he says, if thou will what? Walk before me as David thy father walked in the what? And know what? Integrity of heart. And in what? Uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgment. If you walk in integrity of heart, uprightness, honesty, and corruptness, verse 5 says, then I will what? Establish thy throne of thy kingdom upon Israel for how long? Forever. As I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. This is the power of walking in integrity. Amen. Being just honest. Amen. Always doing the right thing regardless of how it will affect you. Amen. Now, as I was studying this, I noticed there are a lot of examples of walking in integrity in the Old Testament. And what I noticed, these are people who didn't have the Holy Ghost within, but they had a moral compass. Are you with me out here? In other words, God placed in mankind a moral compass, whether you're saved or not. You know what is right, and you know what is wrong. You have an inability to do the right thing. So we see that in Genesis chapter 20, verse 1, turn there. 
Genesis chapter 20, verse 1, you have an inept ability to do the right thing. God placed that in you. You know what's right, and you know what's wrong. You hear what I'm saying? You know what's right, and you know what's wrong. In Genesis chapter 20, verse 1, it says, And Abraham journeyed from thence towards the south country, and he dwelt in Kadesh, and Shur, and sojourned in Gerab. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, She is my what? Sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Because that was a natural thing that they did. If it was pretty, they took it. Come on, say amen, somebody. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. Now, could you imagine God coming to you in your dream? Now, ain't no doubt in your mind or heart that this is God. <laughs> he made sure you knew it was God. And he tells you, you are but a dead man. Is that going to get your attention? So he says, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, thank God. And he said, Lord... Will thou also slay a righteous nation? Said he not to me, he's the one that said it. He's the one that said she's my sister. She didn't, he didn't tell me this was his wife. And she even said herself, he's my brother. So in the integrity of my heart and the innocency of my hands, have I done this? And God said to him in a dream, Yeah, I know that thou what? Did it this in the what? In the what? In the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffer I, I need not to what? Touch her. What's this tell me? This tells me even when we make mistakes, mistakes unknowingly, if our heart is right, and we're walking in integrity, God will step in and warn us and protect us before we take it too far. Now, whether we take heed or not, whether we listen to a whole different story, but even though Abimelech was a heathen and he knew not God, he still obeyed and did what God told him to do. And for that, he saved himself and his entire household. But what really saved him, God looked at the integrity of his heart. Does integrity matter in the eyes of God? Come on, does you doing the right thing matter in the eyes of God? Come on, does you being honest matter in the eyes of God? Tell neighbor, sure it does. Look at Psalms 41.11. God's looking at the integrity of your heart. Psalms 41, verse 11. Psalms 41, verse 11. He says, by this I know that thou what? Favors me, because my enemy does not what? Triumph over me. And as for me... Thou what? Upholdeth me in my what? Integrity. And setteth me before thy what? 
face forever. Let me read it from the Living Bible. Living Bible reads, I know you, you are pleased with me because you haven't let my enemies triumph over me. And then he says in verse 12, you preserved me because I was honest. Well, did you hear what he just said? He said, you preserved me because I what? I was honest. You admitted me. He said, you admitted me forever to your presence. Come on, we're talking about walking in greater levels of the anointing. We're talking about walking in higher calling. God is still looking at the integrity of your what? Heart. Why was he preserved? Because he was honest. Why did God want him to continue before his presence? Because he was honest. Are you with me out there? Glory to God. See, God knows if your heart ain't right, and you're not walking in the uprightness of heart, prepared to do the right thing in your heart regardless of how it affects you and just being plain honest. Somebody say plain honest. If your heart is not right, your own heart will condemn you and you won't have any confidence towards God. Are you with me out there? Because you'll know in your heart it ain't right. Matter of fact, look at 1 John 3, 20. Because you'll know in your heart it ain't what? It ain't right. Now, you can violate that. You can see your conscience to that, but it still ain't right. First John chapter 3, verse 20. I know y'all used to looking at the screen, but now you got to go back to the old-fashioned way. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. He says, for if our heart, what? Condemn us. God is greater than the heart, knoweth all things. In other words, God's going to do everything possible to make sure our heart is right, folks. Because he understands your heart better than anybody else, even better than you. Come on, say amen, somebody. He knows everything you desire and want is connected to the integrity of your heart. That's why he says in verse 21, beloved, if, you're, if our heart, what, condemn us not, then have we what? Confidence towards God. Well, what happens if my heart condemns me? Then I have no what? Confidence towards God. So God is always endeavoring to keep our heart right about things because why? He's greater than our heart if we give heed and just follow what he tells us to do. And just do the what? The right thing. Because God always places in your heart to do the right thing. But sometimes we violate that. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at verse 22. And whatsoever we what? Ask, we receive of him because we keep his what? Commandments and do those things that are what? Pleasing in his sight. What is pleasing in his sight? You walking in what? Integrity. And see, sometimes we want to win so bad that it doesn't matter how we win as long as we win. And even when our heart is saying one thing, we'll do another because why? We want to win so bad. Not realizing, not realizing the rewards we're looking for is not going to come that way. And that matter of fact, that requires a lot more work than doing it the right way. 
Come on, are you with me out here? And sometimes you got to understand, just because it looks right on paper doesn't make it right in your heart. Are you with me out here? If it's right on paper, it doesn't make it hard because why? Your heart would tell you something just ain't right. Why? Because God is greater than your heart. And he's trying to lead you through your heart and not your flesh and your feelings. Because why? Your rewards are going to come from you following your heart and doing the right thing. Walking in what? Honesty and in corruptness. For, for example, you know, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, something on the table that somebody presented before me. And I went to a lawyer, and I asked the lawyer, I said, you know, what can we do? And he checked it out, he checked it out, he checked it out, he checked it out, he checked it out. And he came back, and he wrote me a letter, and he, and he told me all these steps to do. But everything he told me to do bothered me even though it was a, a legal thing to do. But it bothered me because really, to me, it looked like I was doing things underhandedly and going behind this person's back, even though it was legal to do what he told me to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. So I went to the individual, and I told him, I said, this is what the lawyer told I went to him. I said, this is what the lawyer told me. And I told him, I said, I wouldn't do it because I would never do that to you because I know I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me. And he respected me for not doing that, and he respected me for, not, for coming to him and telling him what the lawyer said I could have done because I gave him the opportunity to correct some things so it wouldn't happen to him again. That's what? Integrity of your heart. Just because it's, 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 it sounds good on paper doesn't make it right all the time. I had to seek my heart, and I felt my, in my heart I knew this wasn't right. And sometimes we look at things because it's right, it looks good on paper, and it'll get you over, but your heart is telling you it ain't right. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. The integrity of your what? Heart. Turn to 2 Samuel 22, 25. So your rewards come from you what? Following your heart and doing the right thing. We as Christians have to learn how to follow our heart and do the right thing. I mean, God dealing with us about lying last two weeks. Why? He's trying to get us somewhere, folks. But we got in our heart and our mind that we can do this craziness that the world is doing and think we're going to get over and think we're going to get by and think we're going to get all this stuff from heaven, walking all this anointing, walking all this glory, and we ain't right. Look what it says in 2 Samuel 22, 25. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 25. It says, therefore the Lord has what? Recompense me according to my what? Rightness, according to my cleanness in his what? Sight. With the merciful, with, with the merciful thou shalt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man thou shalt show thyself upright, 
And with the pure, thou shalt show thyself pure. And with the forward, thou shalt, that will show thyself what? Unsavory. Well, let me read this from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation reads this way. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the wicked, you show yourself hostile. If you just do the right thing, God will reward you in the long run, even though up front it looks like you're going to lose out on something. I'm going to get an amen from somebody. Why? Because God shows himself faithful to the faithful. He shows integrity to those with integrity. And to the pure in heart, he shows himself pure. Come on, are you with me out here? But God's still looking at your heart. What's it say in Matthew 5, 6? Turn there. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. We know the last couple of Wednesdays haven't been a shouting message, but it's good for you. It's time to get your vegetables. You know, those, those vegetables that you don't like to eat sometimes. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness, doing the right thing, for they shall be what? Filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Obtain mercy. But it says, blessed are the what? Pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. It says, blessed are the what? Pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. I believe that's that greater anointing. Come on, that's the higher calling. It says, blessed are the what? Peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for doing the right thing. For theirs is the what? Kingdom of God. See, people will think you're crazy when you do the right thing from the integrity of your heart. Come on, they'll talk about you. They'll point their pointy finger in your face and say, what's wrong with you? Take the money! But he says, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you. And say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. He says rejoice. And be exceedingly what? Glad for what? For what? Somebody say great. Great is your what? Reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The question is where do you want to get your rewards from? Where do you want to, you want to get your word from, earth or heaven? Come on, say amen, somebody. See, when you walk in the integrity of heart, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what people think you should do, it says great is your reward where? In heaven. So before you do the wrong thing, make the wrong decision, or do something because everybody else says it's right, check your heart. To see what God is saying. Allow God who is greater than your heart 
put the right thing in your heart so you can do those things which are pleasing in his sight. That way there's nothing hindering you from receiving your rewards from heaven, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, what will protect you from error, listen to me now, what will protect you from error will be the integrity of your heart. Say it again. What will protect you from error will be the integrity of your heart. Look at Psalm 25, 20. It will protect you from error, folks. Psalm 25, 20. Being honest. Just being plain honest. Come on, we make all kinds of excuses for not just being honest. Come on, folks. Psalms 25, 20 says, Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my, I put my what? Trust in thee. It says, it says what? Let what? Let what? Let what? Integrity and what? Uprightness. What's it going to do? Preserve me, for I wait on thee. That word preserve is a Hebrew word, not saw, and it means to guard. It means to watch over. It means to keep. It means to guard from danger. It means to guard with fidelity. It means to be kept close, to be blockaded. This is why God is so adamant about walking, us walking in integrity, folks. Because why? Your integrity and uprightness of heart, it will protect you from danger. It will guard you with fidelity. It will keep you close to God and, get, and away from all the danger and all the stuff the devil is trying to get Get, get, or trying to affect you with. Are you with me out here? Look at Proverbs, Proverbs 11, 11, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3. <laughs> it Integrity and uprightness. It preserves you. It protects you. It protects you from error. It watches over you. It watches over you. Are you with me out here? It blockades the devil from affecting you. Proverbs 11.3 says, the integrity of the what? Shall do what? Shall do what? Guide him. But the perverseness of transgressors shall what? Destroy them. The Message Bible reads it this way. The integrity of the almond. Listen to us. The integrity of the honest keeps them on track. You hear what I just said? The integrity of the honest keeps them on track. And the deviousness of crooks bring them to ruin. See, what keeps me on track to what God is calling me to do is not, is not, is not doing things unhandedly or just trying to get by but what keeps me on track to what doing, what doing what God's calling me to do is just by just being honest. Somebody say being honest. That will keep me what? On track in my business. It'll keep me on track on my job. It'll keep me on track in my marriage, in my relationship. It will even affect my children for me just being honest. Proverbs 20, verse 7. The integrity of, of the honest 
keeps them on track. You get off track, I got to check your heart. To see what you're doing that's not pleasing in the eyes of God. Proverbs 20, verse 7. Look what it says here. The just man do what? His integrity. What happens as a result? His what? Does your integrity affect your children? Does you walking in integrity affect your children? See, they become blessed because they too are walking in integrity. What they, uh, they're walking the integrity they see you walk in. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. See, regardless of how bad things may get, or regardless of how bad things may look, walking in integrity will mean a world of difference to that child that's watching and listening to see how you are handling yourself. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. To see if you're a lie. To see if you're a cheat. To see if you'll steal. Okay. Or just be outright dishonest just to make ends meet. Okay. They're watching. Are you listening to me out there? Amen? And you walking in integrity does affect your children. Because it affects how they walk in integrity when they're faced with a situation. Hallelujah. Proverbs 19.1. I know you're not going to shout up and down. But you'll be all right. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 1. Proverbs 19 verse 1. Notice it says this. Better is the poor that what? Walk of in what? Integrity. And he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. <laughs> it's better to have nothing than to lie, cheat, steal, or do something underhandedly just to get something. That's what he's saying here. And as Christians, we have to start getting this right. We have to not only stop lying, but we have to start walking in integrity. Why? Because the world is watching us. They're seeing how we handle things. And we know there's a saying is, if you can't beat them, join them. That's what they should be saying about us. It shouldn't be what we're saying about them. And a lot of times, we're saying, if we can't beat them, join them. So we're doing, we're being just as dishonest as they are, lying like they are. Come on, say amen, somebody. Doing the wrong thing instead of the right thing because we've seen them get over. They made it that way. So if I just cut corners just a little bit, God won't mind. He'll understand. Or he's a forgiving God. I'll just go use, pull out my credit card. 1 John 1, 9, put it back in my wallet again. Are you listening to me out here? 
Let me show you some characteristics of a person that walks in integrity. Go to Psalms 26.1. Psalms 26, verse 1. The world is watching us, folks. It's watching us. You know, and, you know, <laughs> this guy at, at, at the gym, he'd just be running his mouth. He'd be swinging up and down. We'll talk about the Bible. But then he'd stop, and then he'd say something stupid. That, like, Oh, if I, if I, if I, if I I'm not going to get no insurance on my phone. I'll just lie and tell him I lost it if it breaks. After he just talked about the Bible all day long now. Because <laughs> I, I heard the insurance thing don't work. So what I'll do is then if I somehow to my phone, I'll just call him and tell him I lost my phone or something just to get another phone. But then, on the other hand, he's talking about, oh, God is this and God is that. And, but that's what we're getting here. You find that a lot in Christian circles now. Are you listening to me out there? They'll do things just to get by, underhandedly, thinking it's all right. Oh, it ain't going to hurt. It's just a little foul. But what is God looking at? The integrity of your heart. Oh, they're a big company. They ain't going to miss the, a new phone. Psalms 26.1. <laughs> the psalmist says, judge me, O Lord, for I have what? Walked in my integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore shall I not what? Slide. Another word for slide here is wavering. What happens when you waver? The Bible says what? A man that wavers shall receive nothing from the Lord. See, when you don't walk in integrity, it shows your lack of trusting God. And it's also an element of pride because why? You don't want to look bad. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it becomes an element of fear because you feel you got to do something dishonest to get yourself out the situation. I got to protect myself by any means possible. All of it is still a lack of trust in God. And that's, that is what what. What walking not integrity is. Verse 2 says, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For my loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat in vain persons, neither will I go in with what? The similars. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands, I will wash my hand of innocency, and I will compass thee, thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish, publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thy honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. For as for me, I will what? Walk in integrity, and my integrity redeem me and be merciful unto me. But let me read this in the New Living Translation, because that's what I want to get to. The New Living Translation reads it this way. I declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord. Cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. This is what we need to ask God sometimes. 
Put me on trial. Cross-examine me. Test my motives for the things that I do. Verse 3, for I am always aware of your unfailing love. This is a person of integrity. I have lived according to your truth. See, living according to truth is a characteristic of what? A person walking in integrity. Notice the other characteristics. I do not spend time with liars. That's what it says here. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. Oh, shekinah, it says in verse 5, and I hate the gathering of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of your wonders. I love your sanctuary, O Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Listen, I not only get the opportunity to be in the anointing, but I also hear the word to keep me on track. And my quest is walking in integrity of my heart. Verse 9 says, don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me with, along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes and they constantly take bribes. But I'm not like that. I live with integrity. So redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground and I will publicly praise the Lord. See, solid ground means what? I can't be moved because why? I live with integrity. Regardless of what's going on around me, the integrity of my heart will protect me and preserve me. Somebody say integrity. Come on, say integrity. Are you listening to me out there? Now, if you think about Job, go to Job chapter 2, verse 1. So I don't have to worry about what being destroyed with the wicked or whatever happens to the wicked in this world. Because God's going to look at the integrity of my heart. And the integrity of my heart is what's going to protect me. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's why he said, don't, don't judge me like them. I'm not like that. I live with integrity. Come on, say, I live with integrity. What does Satan say about Job? Or what did God say about Job when Satan inquired about Job? It says again, Job 2.1, it says again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also with among them, came among them to what? Present him before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, from whence cometh thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in what? In the earth, a what? A what? Perfect and upright man. One that what? Fear of God and a sure of evil. And look at this one. And still he holdeth fast his what? Integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. God said, listen, he will hold fast his integrity even when faced with danger. 
Even when Satan throws his, tries to throw the kitchen sink of him, he, God knows this man will hold fast his integrity. And right after that, what does Satan do immediately? He went after Job's integrity. Are you listening to me out here? That's why you're always faced with the decision. Do I do the right thing or do I do the wrong thing? Because why? Satan is going to challenge your integrity. Are you listening to me out here? Look what it says in Job chapter 2, verse 7. It says, so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and did what? Smote Job with sore boards from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him with a what? Posture to scrape himself with all. And he sat down among the ass. He's trying to get rid of these boils. Come on, say amen, somebody. You know they were painful. You got to get in some ashes to try to get these, get some soothing. Come on, say amen. But then it says, even Satan even sent his wife against him and says, then said his wife unto him, Does thou still retain thy what? Integrity. She says, Curse God and die. What was Satan after? His integrity. He was trying to get Job to do something dishonest, something corrupt, something that was not upright. Now, we know Job got himself in this situation because of fear. Come on. But because of the integrity of his heart, Satan could not take him out completely. Are you listening to me out here? What was Job's response to his wife? Verse 10, but he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. You foolish woman, you fool. <laughs> what? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this, did not Job sin with his lips? Say, neighbor, that's integrity. This is how strong Job was when it came to walking in integrity, folks. Look at Job 27.2. Are you getting anything out of this? Job 27, verse 2. Job says, As God liveth, who has taken away my judgment, and the Almighty, who has fixed my soul, all the while my breath is, is in me, the Spirit of God is my what? In my nostrils. My lips shall not what? My lips shall not what? Speak wickedness, nor my tongue other what? Deceit. God forbid that I should justify you till I die. I will not remove my end what? integrity from me. My righteousness I will hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. The message Bible reads it this way. God alive, he's denied me justice. God almighty, he's ruined my life. See, he didn't understand everything that was going on. He didn't understand that he got himself in a situation. So his natural response is this must be God's will. But even with that misunderstanding, look at what he says according to the message Bible. But as long as I draw a breath, for as long as God breathes life into me, I refuse to say one word that isn't true. I refuse to confess my, to any charge that's false. There's no way I'll ever agree with your accusation. I will, I'll not deny my integrity, even if it costs me my life. 
Then verse 6 says, I'm, he says, I'm holding fast to my integrity and not loosening my grip, and believe me, I'll never regret it. That's a man with what? Integrity. Go to chapter 31. I'm not going to read it all. I might read it all. But Job expounds on all the things he, should, he wouldn't do because of the integrity of his heart, folks. Job 31.1, it says, I made a covenant with my what? Eyes. Why then I should I should should I why then should I think upon a maid? What is it? He has an awareness of God, folks. I'm going to read the rest of this from the Living Bible for the sake of time. Job says in the Living Bible, he says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust upon a girl. And all the teenagers said. <laughs> That's integrity. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust upon a girl. Verse 2, he said, in verse 2 and 3, he said, I know full well that God, listen to this, I know full well that God, Almighty God above, above sends calamity on those who do. Do what? Lust upon a girl. He sees everything I do and every step I take. If I lied and deceived, but God knows that I am innocent. The King James Version reads it, let me be weighed in an even balance that God, that, God, that God may what? Know my what? Integrity. But notice how far he's willing to go with the integrity of his heart. Verse 7 and 8. For if I have stepped off God's pathway, or my heart has lusted for what my eyes have seen, or if I'm guilty of another sin, then let someone else reap my crops. I have sown, let all that I have planted be rooted out. This is how adamant he was of walking integrity. For he says, for if I long for another man's wife, then may I die, and may my wife be another man's home, and someone else her husband. That's integrity. For the lust, for lust is a shameful sin, a crime that should be punished. It is a devastating fire that destroys the hell and would, and root, out, and would root out all that I have planted. Then in verse 13 says, if I have been unfair to my servants, how could I face God? What could I say when he questioned me about it? For God made me and made my service too. He created us both. For if I've hurt the poor or caused a widow to weep or refuse, or refuse, a feed to, or refuse food to the hungry orphans, but we have always cared for the orphans in our homes, we treated them as our own children. What's he talking about? He's talking about treating people right on the job. As an employer, treating people right, treating employees right. Come on, say amen, somebody. He's talking about treating the poor right. Verse 19, 20, if I have seen anyone freezing and not giving him clothing or fleece or any, or from my sheep or to keep him warm, or if I've taken advantage of an orphan because I thought I could get away with it, or if I've done any of these things, let my own arm be torn from a socket and let my shoulder be wrenched out of place if I've done anything wrong. That's integrity. Rather than face the judgment sent by God, then I dread more than anything else. For if the majesty, if, if, for if the majesty of God opposes me, what hope is there? 
He said, if I put, verse 20, if I put my trust in money, if my happiness depends on wealth, verse 29, if I rejoice at harm to many enemy, but actually I have, I have never cursed anyone nor asked for revenge. That's integrity. He said, if, I, if my servants have, some, have gone hungry, actually I'd never turn away any, even a stranger, but even open my doors to all. That's integrity. If, or if like Adam, I have tried to hide my sins, fearing the crowd and his contempt so that I refuse to acknowledge my sin and do not go out of my way to help others. Or if my land, verse 38, 20, 39, or my land, if my land accuses me because I have stolen fruit it bears, or if I murder its owners to get their land for myself, then let thistles grow on the land instead of wheat, and weeds instead of barley, Job's words are ended. Job was a man of what? Integrity. And he's willing to die for his what? Integrity. Now we know all this is works trying to get God's approval, but the point is, he admits. He's, he was adamant about walking in integrity at any cost. Somebody say at any cost. And God still honored that and protected him while he was going through some things, folks. Walking in integrity matters. Tell your neighbor, walking in integrity matters. And it's something we need to deal with and walk in if we want to experience the greater manifestation of his glory. If we want to walk in higher calling, our heart has to be right. He said, the integrity of your what? Heart. Integrity of your what? Heart. And finally, even when it comes to the upcoming election, you just don't vote for anybody. You look at the integrity of that person's heart. Matter of fact, go to Exodus 18, 17 as we close. I'm going to read this from the Message Bible. When God showed Moses through his father-in-law how to set a government and who to look for. So God is talking to us about what? The integrity of our heart. The what? We have to start walking in integrity. We have to stop cut, cut, cutting corners. Come on, say amen, somebody. And you'll find yourself, it's easy to cut corners. Before you know it, you, you try to get out of something. Come on, say amen, somebody. Do a shortcut over here. Do something underhandedly that you know ain't right. But you'll justify yourself and do it anyway. And God's looking at the what? The integrity of our heart. Because that's what what? Will protect us and preserve us. Exodus 18, 17. Moses' father-in-law said, this is no way to go about it. He's talking about how to run his government. Say, you're burnt out and the people right along with you. I'm reading from the Message Bible. This is way too much for you. You can't do this alone. He says, now listen to me. Let me tell you how to do this so that God will be, with, be in this with you. So what? That God will, so that God will be in this with you. He said, be there for the people before God. And let the matters of concern be presented to God. He said, he told, Job, he, he told Moses, your job is to teach them the rules and instructions to show them how to live and what to do. But then he says in verse 21, and then you need to keep a sharp eye out for competent men, men who fear God, men of integrity, men who are incorruptible, and appoint them as leaders 
over groups organized by the thousands, by the hundreds, and by the fifty, and by the ten. That's government, folks. But he said, keep a sharp eye out for competent men, men who fear God. Men who what? Fear God. Men of what? Integrity. Men who are incorruptible. He said, appoint them as leaders. All you got to do is look at somebody's platform, and you can line that up with whatever they're saying right then and there. It says, they'll be responsible for everyday work of judging among the people, and they'll bring hard cases to you, but in the routine cases, they'll be the judges. They will share your loads, and that will make it easier for you. He said, if you handle the work this way, You'll have, you'll have the strength to carry out whatever God commands you, and the people in their setting will flourish too. People flourish when we choose the right leaders. The opposite will happen if we choose the wrong leaders, men and women that are not walking in integrity. Integrity matters, though. I don't care how much money you think you're going to save me. I'm still looking at your integrity. We get so blinded by the economic stuff. But God's still looking at the integrity of that person's heart. That's going to determine whether I flourish or not. Come on, say amen, somebody. Are they going to be honest? Are they going to lie to me? How's their morals? Are they sleeping around? Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen? But it's what? The integrity of the heart. God's looking at what? The integrity of our heart. Lift your hands to the Lord. I know this one shouting message. But it's in the word of God. It's in the word of God. And sometimes every message ain't supposed to make you shout. It's supposed to make you think. And ask that question. God... Search my heart. Make sure I'm walking in integrity in everything that I do. Because sometimes you find when the pressure hits and you're backed against the wall, before you know it, you done said something you know you shouldn't have said. Or you did something you know you shouldn't have done. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because that came out your... They came out your, out the abundance of the heart and mouth speaker. A lot of times we say things and do things to try to get out something, but that was already in our heart because the integrity that was supposed to have been there wasn't there. <laughs> Amen? And God is saying, start walking in what? Integrity. In what? Integrity. Doing the right thing thing, saying the right thing. Just be plain honest. Somebody say be honest. Be honest, folks. Just be honest. Just be honest. Hallelujah. Father, we thank and we praise the big love of your holy and majestic name. Giving you all the glory, giving you all the 